Okay, everyone, welcome again to the PLS 150 podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, today begins the third and final section of our course, which is meant to be a detailed dive into the fascinating, important, but as we continually encounter here, endlessly complex notion of democracy and democratic governance. And um, for the podcast today, uh, as usual, I kind of want to just sketch out some broad ways that we can begin to think about homing in on this area that has really become, you know, come to define and, and dominate the global political discourse in a way that, as with the state or as with modern nationalism or, or a lot of the other things we've discussed, might strike you as something that is kind of natural or normal, uh, but once we start thinking about it, not only within historical context, um, but also in the context of the implications of it politically and in terms of how we conceive of ourselves, uh, it's very new. And it is still an ongoing process. And it is not it is not like a one or a zero, like a binary democracy or not. And that's one of the things I think a big theme that's going to emerge is that democracy can mean many different things, and it maps onto many different areas of politics and the study of politics. And as we have done in the course, this section is going to mirror sort of the framework we've adopted in our journey into the political realm throughout this semester, where we're going to start with big questions about what, what is democracy as, as a philosophy, as a theory of government, um, and what are the kind of big philosophical components that are the building blocks for which democracy as a practice, which we are going to be turning to in the next several weeks, and, and that will be kind of some of the things we're looking at towards the end of the course, are built upon, right? And so as, we've, as I've stressed throughout the course, it's not a question of philosophy versus scientific or, or realistic study. It's a question of a lot of the things that we consider real or part of our real political experience rest upon these philosophical building blocks, right? And if we want to fully understand these more immediate and in some sense tangible aspects of our political experience, like democracy, we really need to have a good idea and a firm grip, um, at least on the basic outlines of the blocks of the structures that they are built upon. So they're not separate. They are intimately and closely connected with one another. And some of the big philosophical questions that come up is, what is the domain of democracy, right? And I think this is something that maps on to big philosophical questions, but also on to very practical questions. And, and this is a bridge that we can develop between them, right? Is democracy simply a mechanism uh, for resolving and, and trying to produce policy in areas that tend to be very difficult to resolve in, in some sort of precise sense. And, and as I mentioned, in the unit on political economy, this can apply to things like fairness, right? Like fairness doesn't come with a readily scientific or clear definition. And in some ways, democracy is a process by which policies are made theoretically, with public input and interaction with the public through voting and, and various other fora, and to yield a kind of at least temporary definition of what is fair, right? It, it in some ways is a, a system that seeks to provide answers to this in a new way, right? Because in now we can, again, start to draw upon things we talked about in the beginning of the course with legitimacy, 
right? You'll see that in your notes, that democracy can be thought of as this engine of legitimation, right? It, it produces legitimacy in a way that is much different than how legitimacy tended to be produced in the past, which in most societies, if we go back to Weber's typology, was traditional. People are powerful because it, they're ordained by God or gods, or their blood is superior, they come from superior families. It's natural, right? It's as natural as the sun and the moon in that just as we don't question, or some people often don't spend a lot of time thinking about why is there a sun and why is there a moon? They're just there. Traditional legitimacy kind of is supposed to, in its ideal type, function that way. I am the lord of this land because I'm. it is my right to be the lord of this land. Why is it the right to be? Why is it my right? Because it is. Because I'm from this superior family or because God wants me to, right? It's, 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 it's almost meant to be beyond something that we can even question. By contrast, democracy is a radical break from this form of legitimation in the sense that it seeks to develop a set of processes and institutions whereby legitimacy is seen as resting within some degree of public support and agreement. And it's supposed to utilize things like elections and also various other ways to engage with the political system through you know, writing letters, protests, trying to make private you know, groups to advocate for different things, right? And shape and push government policy. I mean, it's good to use an example of what's going on right now. There's obviously a, some sort of social movement within Japan, um, not supported by everyone, but certainly supported by quite a few people to not have the Olympics here, right? And so I'm not, I'm not here to weigh in on whether that is good or bad, but it's certainly going on right now. And that's an idea of democracy, right? That there's people trying to use mechanisms through using their voice or writing letters or protesting or trying to bring attention in the news media and so forth to, the, to their viewpoint to try to shape and change the government's policy. And so that is a, a very tangible example of democracy at once is supposed to produce legitimacy, but in some way the process itself is the mechanism for conferring legitimacy, right? That it's, it's both in terms of the outcome, but often more importantly in terms of the process. But stepping back a bit, all is a way to say that this is a very, very different understanding of how to produce and maintain a sense of a legitimate political order. And it shouldn't strike you that we talked about this notion of a radical horizontality, right, in, in the context of nationalism, in the podcast on nationalism a few weeks back. And it shouldn't surprise you that this, in some ways, nationalism and this notion of the state actually being a kind of vessel for protecting this hard to define but somewhat real or, tan, you know, intangible but yet powerful notion of the nation that has certain democratic impulses embedded in it as well. Not necessarily, but we can see that those, those things are, have some relation and in terms of a breaking from the past, in terms of what is the relationship between the government and the governed, right? And we can go all the way back, and this is where I'll wrap it up. Uh, I have so much more I'd like to say, but we can save that for the class where I try to keep these under 10 minutes. We can go all the way back to the quotation from Hume, Right? His key variable was opinion, right? That ultimately government rests upon opinion. Because there's, you know, Hume had this simple deduction, right? There's often, there's obviously hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times more governed people than there are governors, people in power. 
And so ultimately, if push comes to shove, the mass of the people are always going to have more power. It's impossible because part of being able to rule is that most people will at least do what you say. If they don't, then it's really hard to say whether or not you're actually ruling. So that is something that is in effect in all systems of government. And I think that's a really keen insight from Hume. So when we think about democracy, and this is a way to put it both in philosophical, but also importantly within historical context, right? That these are parts of historical processes, is that the nature of how opinion and what kind of opinion was tied to the production and maintenance of a legitimate political order dramatically changed. And we can already see that's going to add, that, that leads us to another set of questions, but that goes back to this issue of legitimacy. Are we talking about legitimacy in terms of people basically following rules and, and you know, not asking questions of are these are good or fair rules? Or are we talking about legitimacy in terms of fairness and justice and um, so forth? And democracy, at least as a system of government, purports to, in some ways, be that latter definition, that it is legitimate because it reflects the interests of the people or allows people to engage in their own governance. There's a lot more we can talk about and will talk about. Um, I hope this, as with the other podcasts, just get your mind thinking about some of the issues that we're going to encounter, not only in our discussion of democracy in theory, but also as we transition to democracy in practice towards the latter half of this section and towards the end of the semester. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you.